candle, and it's Mary Sunday, uh, the candle celebrating Mary. Um, but I'm not going to talk about Mary. I'm going to talk about a dad. Uh, we've got loads of lovely dads in our congregation now, haven't we? Loads of beautiful dads. Dads, though, of all shapes and sizes, but all generations as well. So we've got dads who've got children who've got children who've got children. Is anybody a great-grandfather here? Oh, well, we might have had those, but we've certainly got grandfathers, we've got fathers. Um, and I'm particularly, of course, interested in our two dads. Uh, and of course I'm interested in them in case anybody doesn't know, because John is my son and Andre is his partner and we have lovely baby Bo. Um, now, the thing is about this, that you lot have all had brilliant experiences of being dads, amazing experiences I'm sure, and John and Andre, and Andre certainly have, because they've had their baby by a surrogate mum who's a great friend of theirs. Now, these experiences are nothing compared with our dad, Joseph. So, I thought today we would uh, major on Joseph, but uh, we have to be very careful because, of course, whenever a dad comes into church with a baby, we say, hello, dad, and adore the baby. Well, that's what we're supposed to do anyway, of course, but uh, the baby Jesus is the one we actually adore. But meanwhile, we'll go on a little journey uh, having a look at Joseph before we get to Jesus. And it's interesting because Matthew's gospel, the one we had today, uh, tells us one version of the birth story, and Luke's gospel, which if anybody is awake at, for our midnight communion uh, in two, two days' time, uh, then you'll hear it from Luke's version, which is all about Mary. Luke is kind of more... Uh, I don't know, he's very empathic, and he's all into, oh, but how can it be? I'm a virgin, and, you know, the kind of emotion of the, the time going through Mary. Um, Matthew is a different kind of gospel writer altogether. He's, um, he's kind of pragmatic. He's uh, spare in his language, um, and he lays the facts before us, and it's all through Joseph. But his main message, of course, is, who is Jesus? Who is this baby that's going to be born? And uh, verse 18, this is, he, it took, his, took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Just like that. I mean, who has children by the Holy Spirit these days, or even then? I mean, it's, um, of course, very common, like going to the supermarket, perhaps. But no, of course it's not. It's very unusual, but it's so pragmatic the way he says it. Now, there were three steps in Jewish marriage. Forgive me if I'm teaching granny to suck eggs, but the first step would be when the parents get the couple together and agree, yeah, it'd be a good idea to get, get married. The second step, which is where we find Mary and Joseph, is uh, when um, a public announcement is made. Um, the contract is drawn up or whatever. You don't have to leave, Andre, it's all right. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, the contract is drawn up, um, but you've got um, 
some very, very important rules. Now, it's like an engagement, and, and actually it, the word engagement is used in the Bible, but it's much more serious than that. We have the old thing of breach of promise, but this is much more complicated than that, because the only way you can break this engagement is by death or divorce. So it's very much more serious. And also, you can't sleep together until you're properly married. And that's the third stage. You live together, you get married, you live together as man and wife. So Mary's unexpected Holy Spirit-inspired pregnancy carried a huge social stigma. And it's a bit hard for us to to see that this, these days, because in our Western culture, at least, everybody does it the other way around, don't they, than I did when I was young. Um, first of all, probably people get together and sleep together, and then they live together, and then they might get a mortgage together, and then they might have a baby or not, and then they might get married or not. Um, and nobody blinks an eyelid. Nobody sort of says, points at them and say, you're doing so-and-so. No, it's completely different. But here, in this 2,000 years ago for the Jews, it was hugely important. Mary's pregnant, and she's, she's either pregnant by Joseph, in which case he broke the rules, um, or she's pregnant by somebody else, in which case she's more or less an adulterer. She must have been unfaithful in some way. And Joseph probably would have found it pretty hard to believe the Holy Spirit story. Um, you know, so he's, he's in a bit of a tizwas as to what can be done. And according to Jewish civil law, he is quite entitled to divorce Mary. And according to Jewish authorities, they, they would expect that she could be stoned to death. And those of you who know John's gospel, there was a woman caught in adultery, which is more or less like Mary had, you know, sort of committed adultery in people's minds. Uh, and this woman was dragged before Jesus to be stoned to death. So it was the law of Moses, uh, awful. So what's Joseph gonna do? Well, verse 19, Joseph being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. Does anybody remember what the King James had in that? Put her away privily. I think that's much better, isn't it? Anyway, uh, we've got um, Joseph with this big decision to make. But he is a man who is full of a sense of justice and love. He loves the woman and discretion and honor. And so he doesn't do any of those things. He doesn't, well, we don't know whether he wants to divorce her, whether putting away privily is divorcing. But anyway, it's, it's sort of, you know, he wants to do it quietly. So she's not shamed. But um, Jesus, uh, Joseph, uh, is absolutely wonderful. I love those, those characteristics of him, his. Um, anyway, then the angel of the Lord comes, of course. Uh, and visits him in a dream. And it's interesting that um, some people are very prone to dreams. They say that when Muslims are, are converted, it's often through a dream, interestingly. But anyway, the angel of the Lord obviously thought that was a way into Joseph's mind, so he 
came in a dream and he said to Mary, he said to Joseph, um, it, it's okay, it's okay to marry Mary, marry Mary and um, it, it will be by the Holy Spirit. That's, that's really, it's the fact. And Joseph is obedient. He does as he's told. And that is amazing in its own way, really, isn't it? God speaks and we obey. But actually, it's a very important point about Joseph. He's obedient and responsive to what God is saying. And despite the consequences, because people in Nazareth will be pointing the finger, whichever way, as I said, you know, either Joseph has broken the rules and had sex with Mary before they were married, or she's gone with somebody else. Whichever way, it's humiliation. Just imagine if that happened to you as, 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 uh, in, in this, this um, world today. Um, so, okay, we've got Joseph saying yes and uh, feeling the humiliation, but perhaps, but not showing it. We don't know. And he also has the self-control to uh, let Mary stay a virgin until Jesus' birth, we're told. And Joseph's yes, I think this is impressive because we always preach about Mary's yes. You know, how Mary, the angel visited her and she said, yes, let it be done to me as you've said. And it's huge because she's a virgin, she's probably young, and she, would, she knew the shame that would come upon her. And her yes was to say yes to, to giving birth to the Son of God is just massive. But don't you think that Joseph's yes is pretty impressive too? To take on the responsibility of bringing up the Son of God, of nurturing and protecting him. Uh, well, I can only say, all of you who've had anything to do with looking after tiny babies will know that, you know, the, the anxiety of getting it wrong and, and so on. Well, that must have been there for him. But he says yes. So, dads, today, whatever your condition, you could take uh, Joseph as a role model he may not have changed any nappies. I think it was probably still a very patriarchal society, but I know all you current dads and granddads will be changing nappies all the time. Um, but nevertheless, he's a hugely important role model. Now, we all think that our children and grandchildren are, well, the bee's knees, we all think that they're distinctive and unique. And of course they are, but Matthew, the gospel writer wants us to understand that this baby is more than that. He's more than distinctive and unique. He is, um, uh, he is, of course, born to Mary in strange circumstances. But long in Israel's history, we have prophecies about the birth of Jesus, about the, the Messiah to come messianic prophecies we call them we have one this morning from isaiah uh, about emmanuel the baby to come and jesus conceived by the holy spirit is the product of something fresh and new and divine an act never seen before totally totally different 
And of course, he has the unique genes of God, and he also has the genes of his earthly mother, Mary. He is divine and he is human. And he has a unique place in history. He just did a small thing like changing the world. And as well as his title, Messiah, which means the chosen one of God, he is named Jesus. And as some of, some of us know, the Jewish naming system has embodied names. Jewish babies are baptized, uh, oh, they're probably not baptized, they're, they're given a name uh, which embodies something about them. And Jesus' name, Jesus, means the Lord saves and he will save his people from their sins. And this is a work only God can do, no human being can do that, to bring reconciliation for his people uh, who are separated from God and each other. Even from his birth, when you imagine him, when you worship this Christmas, the tiny baby, even from his birth, his people are assured of divine forgiveness. And then we have a very interesting uh, other name for Jesus in, gospel, in the Gospel of Matthew. Jesus, Matthew announces that Jesus has uh, a name which is in the Isaiah prophecy. Verse 23, Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Jesus is God in the flesh, incarnate, God-bearing bodily form. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, God is with us. God is present with his people. Not distant, not far away, but really present, closer to us than we are to ourselves. Present in and active, and sometimes present in miraculous ways. And in the congregation here at St. Mary's, we've had some instances of healings which we think have been miraculous. God is active with us. And then, fascinatingly, not only does Matthew begin his gospel announcing Jesus as Emmanuel, God with us, but he ends it in the same way. And in Matthew 28, verse 20, he quotes Jesus, I am with you always to the end of the age. I am with you. I am God present with you to the end of the age. So when we celebrate the birth of our Messiah, Jesus, in only a couple of days' time, let's remind ourselves that this baby is God. This baby is the Jesus who is with us always, never to be separated from us. He is with us in our messy, um, upturned lives, everyday, everyday lives. He's with us when our human choices uh, and possibilities seem to have closed down. He's offering new ways forward, sometimes startling ways forward. He's with us when we're skeptical and doubting where truth lies, shining his light on the right path. And he's with us in our pain and suffering 
bringing wholeness and comfort and love. And he's with us in our efforts to bring transformation to our broken world and its people. He's with us today as individuals and as this fellowship of St. Mary's. He's with us in our ministry and mission as we go out from here. Let us pray. We thank you, Father, for dads and pray that they may model themselves on Joseph with his sense of justice, with integrity, with love, discretion, honour and responsiveness to you, Father God. And we pray that all our hearts will be open to worship our Emmanuel, God with us, this Christmas and always. Amen. Please, would you stand as we affirm our faith in the words of the Creed? <clears throat> 